Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my this is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. All right, for those of you who've been with us, this must be a little confusing for you because we always talk to John Clayton at this time, but he's already here. It's the Graz and John Clayton filling in for Wyman and Bob, so we've got an extra special guest joining us. You're hearing him, I think, on the pre- and post-game shows for the uh, for the Seahawks. It's a pleasure to welcome in Robert Turbin. Robert, how you doing today? <laughs> What's up, fellas? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Uh, doing all right. Just another guy who's I'm making feeling, the seat. You know, Halloween's over, but things are feeling a little spooky still right now, man. John Clayton is I'm, – I'm filling in for John. I don't know. I just feel it's, – it's a different feel. He's hosting right now. You guys are hosting. You know? It's just <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is going crazy. Things things are strange all over, Robert. Things are strange all over. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to talk to you guys, though, man. How we doing? We're doing okay, and uh, congratulations to you because you're sounding terrific on the broadcast already. Is this something you ever thought you'd wind up doing? Yeah, man. I Well, I mean, I didn't know I'd, I'd be doing it to this extent, but I did uh, have a couple radio stints um, early in my career. My second and third year, I hosted the Turbo Show, my own show with Cube 93, and that was a lot of fun. Oh. And and really, that's when I got my introduction to uh, to radio and the whole broadcasting kind of thing. And I had so much fun with it that I thought, you know, hey, maybe I could uh, really get into this once my once my career is over. So, you know, here I am. I've seen a lot of guys have a lot of success doing it, man. So, I mean, why not you? Unless yeah, you're mean, planning, uh, unless you're planning on suiting up again. I am planning on suiting up again. <laughs> uh, I mean, hopefully, uh, any 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 opportunity to to play the game, you know, honestly would would be would be great. I mean, I'd be ecstatic to have another opportunity to play. But you know, in the meantime, and I think it's important for you know players really all around the league to recognize this as well. That you know, obviously, at at some point in in your life in your career, it's uh, it's going to be time to you know move on and. And if you can do things, you know, like in the midst of training and uh, spend time in your off seasons, kind of preparing yourself and getting involved in other, you know, whether it's business or whatever companies or whatever things that you want to do uh, as it pertains to life after football, uh, you should as much as you can. And that way uh, it can really help that transition. So how do you review the first half of the season, the first eight games, team is three and five, Obviously, they've had issues on defense, some issues on offense. They haven't had Russell Wilson for a couple of weeks. How would you review the first half? Yeah, the first half, really a lot of roller coasters, right? Early in the season, we get the big win against the Colts, and then we're rolling against the Titans, and we give up a couple second-half leads there earlier uh, in the season. And, I mean, those can really take a lot of energy, you know, out of a team, you know, out of a fan base and things like that. So it's been obviously – not the start that we wanted, uh, pretty rocky. But, you know, if, you, if you're really uh, evaluating our team right now, uh, especially coming off the win against the Jaguars, things have improved a lot, you know, especially on the defensive side. Guys are gelling together there. You know, early in the season, I always felt like uh, they were just not connected, uh, meaning, that, meaning that they just weren't on the same page a lot on the defensive side, just, just, you know, looking on the outside in and 
you can see that they've really tightened a lot of those things up and they've gotten uh you know a couple guys healthy on that side of the ball as well even a young guy like Trey Brown uh, who's been able to come in and contribute uh and so you know if i had to grade our team you know we're, we're probably like a C or or something like that overall right now just because you know we hold ourselves to a really high standard and quite frankly uh we hadn't played at that level yet this season so what what came together what one or two areas have you thought come together on defense better? Yeah, for me, it's definitely uh, our coverage. You know, we've been able to, like early in the season, uh, it seemed like, you know, we're giving up the middle of the field a lot. It seemed like, you know, teams are just throwing and catching the ball at will. Uh, and what you're seeing now is guys from the defensive line, you know, tipping balls at the line of scrimmage, even at the linebacker position, being able to fill those gaps in the middle of the field uh, and make some plays. Uh, and then uh, in our secondary, which was really uh, the highlight of, you know, what we've been paying attention to really since training camp. And early in the season, you know, these balls down the sideline, uh, these balls to the receivers, you know, the offensive side were making more plays than we were. A lot of those 50-50 balls. Uh, but the turnaround really uh, it has been us now making those plays at the point of attack, uh, you know, receivers getting hands on the ball, but also our defenders getting hands on the, on the ball for PBUs, pass breakups. Uh, and so we're doing that on a more uh, consistent basis, uh, which has made our overall defense a lot better. Robert, uh, Rashad Penny has struggled to, to get his footing, to, for lack of a better word. Um, do you still believe he can be the, the back that he kind of showed in flashes a couple years ago? Yeah, well, the, the important thing, that's a good question because, you know, the important thing is, with Penny is it's not about what I believe or anybody else believes. You know, we have this conversation a lot with uh, about Trey Flowers. Remember, you know, you know how we talked about his confidence and things like that when he stepped on the And he even mentioned it, you know, himself in uh, in some of the media opportunities that he had just about, you know, getting in his own head and stuff like that. And I'm not saying that that's what Penny's doing or, or, or that's where he's at. I haven't talked to him personally. Uh, but it certainly can affect your game, you know, if you're not going out there uh, and playing with any confidence uh, and believing that you can do what you're normally capable of doing. And sometimes that's the result into a mental block. And, and quite frankly, sometimes that's a result in a physical block as well that, that perhaps – may not being disclosed uh, from his standpoint. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I would hope that he can get back to form and, and get more opportunities and get more carries in a game where he can kind of gain that confidence. Uh, but right now, it's just not there. Did you ever find yourself at any point in your career in a situation like that where, where you kind of doubted yourself a little bit? And if so, how did you get out of it? I did. I did. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things – uh, that helped me was a better in leadership. Um, but the other thing too, and I'm not saying this has to happen, but I did mention this and I'll use Trey flowers again, as an example, uh, it, a, a change of scenery can really be beneficial for a player, uh, especially when they're down on confidence. The change of scenery is almost like, uh, it's almost like a restart, a reboot. You know, you're, you're on a new team, uh, you're with a new franchise, new coaching style, 
it's a it's a you know it's a new way of life and it gives you an opportunity to kind of re-identify yourself and and find yourself again and sometimes you know when you're when you're in the same place sometimes you kind of just feel stuck uh in this you know in this space uh that you can't get out of and uh and so yeah i went through that and you know when i was this was 2015 i got an opportunity to to play with dallas and i was teammates with darren mcfadden you know who i watched at arkansas he was uh you know a little bit older than me at the time so he had more experience he had you know, four or, or, or five more years of experience in the NFL ahead of me where he was with the Raiders for a long time and he was a first-round pick and now he's with the Cowboys and he's doing his thing. And so, you know, I'm able to pick his brain as a as a young 25-year-old on re-identifying myself and, and finding that confidence again because in a way, he went through that going from the Raiders um, and, and, and then to the Cowboys. So, it, it, it's not always a bad thing. Change um, it can it, it can it can be really beneficial uh, for a player. Has change? I'll go, go ahead, Gross. Go, go, John. Uh, has change made uh, Alex Collins better? And what do you see from Alex? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And Al and Alex is, has even talked about it. You know, he's a he's a great example of someone who was here, left, went to the Ravens, and when he was with the Ravens, at least. You know, before the injury bug kind of got a hold of him, he was balling. I mean, he was he was doing a great job. I was like, man, why couldn't he do that here in Seattle? You know, who 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 knows the exact reasons why? But we do know for a fact, at least, that you know a a good portion of it was mental. So what happens? He goes, he goes somewhere else. It's a, it's a, it's a new franchise. It's a, it's, a, it's a new way of life, and so he's he's able to re-identify himself and re-identify. Uh, you know, who he is, uh, you know, as a football player and as a person. And now he gets this second cent in Seattle uh, and he's comfortable 100% in his own skin, whereas I think the first time around he wasn't and it showed in his game. Let's let's talk about that leadership thing that you you brought up beforehand because that, that's 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 really a fascinating thing for me and and I wonder is there is there any one particular characteristic that you've seen that 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 really makes leadership effective for football players. Well, I, I, I'm, good question as well. I think it's different for everybody because you have leaders who lead by example and they're not they're not vocal, uh, and then you have leaders who are uh, very much so uh, vocal, and obviously they're gonna they're gonna lead by example as well. But it's one of those things that you know when they speak, uh, you, you you know it's it, it's really time to listen. Uh, and so, you know, I think it's important to, when you're in a leadership position, uh, to kind of identify, uh, you know, who you're leading. You know, what are the personalities? Right. What are the personality traits of your teammates? How are they different? Uh, because, quite frankly, not everybody can be led in the same way. I think that's where Coach Carroll does a phenomenal job. Is he's able to, you know, identify certain personalities, and he knows that his approach. Uh, per se, has to be different uh, maybe with this person than the next. Not that he's, you know, you know, loosening up, you know, some of the values and things mm-hmm. that we have for the franchise for one player as opposed to another, but certainly as it pertains to getting the best out of someone uh, out there on the field, uh, the approach 
has to change sometimes in the leadership position. And and boy, you talk about Pete Carroll. He, he has certainly shown the ability to do that, to to to, to lead and and seemingly get guys and and put guys. And, and a big part of it, I imagine, too, is putting guys in a position to succeed. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, you know, I I I I joke all the time, like, man, if you think about all of the different personalities that not just Coach Carroll, but just coaches in general. I mean, guy, you talking about coaches who coach for you know, decades and so many different players and personalities, how they're able to manage and, and still be able to, you know, be so successful. It's really a difficult task. So it's commendable for, for leaders to be who are in that position to be able to be successful. What Who would you define are the leaders on the offensive side? Obviously, we know that Russell Wilson and Dwayne Brown are great leaders, but who else? Well, I you got Tyler Lockett, obviously, as a leader. He's a leader. Uh, he's one of those leader-by-example kinds of guys. You know, he's a guy that's not going to say much, but when he does, you're going to listen. You're like, man, this is Tyler talking. You know what I mean? Let me, you know, everybody better, you know, shut up for a second and let's hear what he has to say because he doesn't always have a lot to say, you know. And, you know, what's kind of funny is sometimes we're put in leadership positions and, we don't even recognize it, you know, like DK. Like, you know, DK is still such a young player. I don't know if he recognizes the the effect that he has on not only other players on his team, but around the league. I mean, there are people who are his age and perhaps even a little older who, you know, look up mm. to him, you know. And so his actions are, 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 are being watched very closely because, uh, you know, there's 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 idolization there. People who want to mimic a lot of his game. You know, fans are fans of players. I'm a big fan of, you know, Derrick Henry and the way he runs the football and and stuff like that. And and that's as a player. You know, and that 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 happens all around the league. And so uh, sometimes you don't even know yet that uh, you are kind of seen as his leader, but eventually it starts to develop for you. And of course, that's the the one thing about the leadership thing. But uh, obviously, Bobby Wagner is both a vocal leader and a great leader on defense. Yeah, uh, yeah, he is, and he and he has been. And what's funny about Bobby too is he's really uh, developed, you know, in that role. You know, knowing Bobby all the way back in our college days, you know, he wasn't uh, he wasn't always vocal. He was he was always a lead by a by example guy. Uh, even, you know, in his early years uh, in Seattle. Uh, but he knew that eventually he was going to have to take on this role of being more vocal uh, because guys are going to want to hear him. Uh, and he's taken on that role, and he's done a sensational job. Robert Turbin is with us. It's uh, John Clayton and the Gras filling in for Wyman and Bob here on 710 uh, ESPN Seattle. I can't be the first one to ask you this. I'm sure everyone asks you this after they talk to you for about five or ten minutes. Have you, have you thought of becoming a coach, getting into coaching at all? Yes, I did. It's a good question. I thought about coaching, and, you know, I think I enjoy this side better a little bit. <laughs> uh, I, I do. You know, when I was in college, I wanted to coach. I was for sure. Mm-hmm. that I wanted to coach, and then I started doing these other things. You know, I started, you know, doing the radio thing and the TV, uh, you know, gigs and stuff like that, just talking sports, uh, you know, podcasting where I can right. really be myself and start to talk about all kinds of things that are that are going on in the world. 
I was doing my podcast. I used to have this uh, this uh, the world's record, the Guinness World's Record book for 2021. You know, and that would like be like a little segment in in my show, not to get off topic. But what I'm saying oh, is, good. you know, it, it put the coaching thing on the back burner for me because I was having so much fun doing other stuff, the entrepreneurship stuff, the philanthropic things that I have going on in the community. So I'm going to enjoy this for a little while and maybe down the road, if a coaching opportunity comes, comes around and it makes sense for me, I'll, uh, I'll put my coaching hat on and, and win some championships. Some, sometimes it makes some sense to, to get away from the game, though, listening to you talk beforehand about, you know, and obviously still being ready to play and not considering yourself retired, and, and I don't blame you for that at all. But um, sometimes doing something different kind of helps that transition, I would imagine. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely because then you start to recognize other things that you have pure uh, love and passion for, mm-hmm. and you start to, you know, dive into those things more and more. Uh, as you are transitioning away, per se, uh, from the game. And then, you know, football kind of becomes this thing where it's just like, man, I don't even, you know, for a lot of guys, it's like, you know what, I'm, I don't even want to play anymore. This is, this is so much fun. I love what I'm doing, whatever it is that, you know, I, I, I'm fine and I'm fully, uh, you know, r- ready to, to, to move on. And so you, you find your other, you know, you find your other things that, that really gets you, uh, you know, waking up early in the morning and, and wanting you to be the best at. How much have you seen the running back position change over the ten, last 10 to 15 years? I mean, I know going back, because I always charted this, is that uh, so many of the backs in the 80s, particularly the early 80s and mid-80s and all that stuff, you know, we're getting 18 to 20 carries a game and more than that. Now, I mean, and it, each year it gets less and less to a point where last year, there was only like nine 1,000-yard running backs in this league, and that includes Derrick Henry. Uh, so what's and, it can, and also the fact that there was only one running back, starting running back, that played all 16 games, and that was Derrick Henry. Wow. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's changed a lot. It's changed a lot in a lot of ways, John. I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a devalued position in a way, and I hate to use that term, but, you know, it, it's true – uh, in the in the space where you know teams really feel like you, know, you can find a running back anywhere, and and teams have been able to do that successfully. You know it's reality, uh, and you know this team has kind of, or excuse me, this league has kind of transitioned into uh, a quarterback dominant league where most teams, not all teams, but most teams, you know they want to throw the ball, you know, 35 times uh, a, a game and and score a bunch of points and, and, and put a bunch of points up on the board and, and things like that. And, you know, that's, that's what our game has turned into. And, you know, even on the defensive side, um, I don't want to say you have to be less physical, but, you know, you have to be somewhat less physical than, than, uh, than it was before. And so that really opens up and gives some advantages uh, to the offense in the passing game. And, and so you sit there and you say, you know, well, who needs a run game, you know, when, when, when you can throw it uh, a, a bunch of times, you know. So there's still a lot of value at the running back position, but you're expected to be able to be a little bit more versatile now as opposed to, uh, you know, back in the day you had your power backs and, you know, everybody kind of had like their, you know, their place, their role 
as a as a as a runner. But now, because of the the way offenses are ran, you got to be able to run. Pass blocking is immensely important, and obviously catching the ball out of the backfield uh, is is really helpful for a running back who wants to be an every down back as well. And if you can line up in the slot and do some things like a young Najee Harris and some of the other great running backs we've seen, Ladanian Tomlinson. Uh, then you then you've really found yourself a great one, and that's a plus. And what do you see coming ahead for Chris Carson with the neck injury? Yeah, great question. It, it, it remains to be seen. I was questioning earlier in the season. I think I, I want to say it was Week One against the the Colts. I, I you know I noticed he was wearing a neck brace, and I was just I just thought it was, you know I just thought it was kind of weird. I, I I'd never seen him wear one before, uh, ever. You know, and and so, you know, I thought, you know, maybe because he's a physical runner, uh, you know, he wants to protect himself in a way. I, I, I didn't think that uh, he was dealing with anything, uh, but it's certainly something that they're going to have to to manage uh, because not only the position he plays, but his running style as well. And so I'm I'm hopeful that he can come back and be healthy and be the Chris Carson that we've all come to know and love. Uh, but it remains to be seen. Robert, you think the Seahawks can make the move in the second half and get back in the playoff hunt? Absolutely. But, you know, it's going to come down to these first two games coming out of the bye week, uh, to be quite honest with you. Uh, You know, Green Bay and Arizona, this is going to be a real tell for us as pertains to how the second half season uh, is going to go. The the sense of urgency has to be uh, extremely high. There's there's really – no time to waste, right? I mean, the first half of the season, I mean, and, and the bye week couldn't have come at a better time. But, we, you know, we got the first half of the season done, and here we are. We're sitting where we are. We can't have that kind of performance uh, going into the second half. In the second half, it's really, uh, you know, time to find our, our rhythm and our groove uh, and really get rolling if we want to give ourselves an opportunity to win a championship. Robert Turbin, it's been a real pleasure getting a chance to talk with you. I know you've filled in on this show before, and I have no doubt you will be successful at whatever you attempt to do in the future. Thanks very much for being with us today. Man, thanks for having me, guys. Love you guys, man. Appreciate you. Take care. Thanks, Robert. Robert Turbin joining us on the Emerald Queen Casino Sportsbook Hotline. He is smooth. Man. Yeah, he is. He is smooth. All right, coming up, the Seahawks are off, but plenty at stake this Sunday. Uh, Me and Clayton will dive into some of the big games this weekend on Wyman and Bob here on 710 ESPN Seattle.